0: Hey there, film fans. I am Jeff. I am Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
1: That's right, and to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. A what? Drink. (laughs) Uh, Negative criticism is absolutely allowed, but... This is a positive criticism podcast. So if you positive. hear this sound, that means we said something negative or stupid and we have to drink every single time.
2: Wait, we're doing this for stupid as well? Yeah, I added this last week and I think it was very effective.
0: <laughs> That's what I think.
2: I don't know if you got my new addition to the
1: rule
0: books here, but didn't get
2: the memo. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: all right.
2: Fi- finish
1: out the intro here.
2: Uh, just, change, <laughs> just changing some of my notes. Uh, <laughs> so while I'm changing my notes, pour yourself a glass, join us, and give it up for the films we love, and perhaps a film that needs some love this week. Mm. Yeah, that's no, right. A good week. We're going to be talking this about
1: we're going to be talking about some films from the year 1973, which was a pretty pretty good. Film year, But we are going to narrow it down to three films. But first, let's kick it over to John for some shout outs.
0: All right. As always, we're going to give it up to our beer sponsor. One day in the future, that bright, beautiful day, we're going to get to drink his beers again. I'm so excited. His name is Carlo Barozo. Carlos Barrozzo. Give him a follow on Instagram at uh, cbarozobar2019. That's C-B-A-R-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T- R O Z O B A R 2019. And as always, the music you hear on this episode and every episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D A S E I N. You can find all the music for free downloads at soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein artist. All right, you guys. Yeah,
1: 1973. So, pretty, pretty interesting year. Pretty interesting year. year in movies. Um, Mm. We're going to be talking about the highest grossing film of this year, but some others on the list include The Sting, Mm. fantastic film, Rep Redford. you got American Graffiti, directed by the one and only George Lucas. you got Papillon. You've got The Way We Were. We've got Magnum Force. We've got Disney's Robin Hood. What's up? (laughs) We've got another film we're going to be talking about. We've got Walking Tall that did not star The Rock. And we've got Al Pacino in Serpico. We've got Natalie Wood in The Affair. We've got a ton of interesting, interesting films on the list. We have Mean Fucking Streets. This is a reminder to everybody that there will be some adult language used in this podcast, so uh, feel free to check your check your parental advisories accordingly. Anyway, <laughs> the three films that we are going to be talking about, we are going to be starting with the highest-grossing film from 1973. At the american box office which is the exorcist the exorcist oh Ooh,
2: apparent, apparently uh it. if you take into account inflation it's the highest grossing r-rated film of all time is that does that still stand is that
1: right i think it does still stand wow yeah.
0: shout out
2: linda Certain blair things. i hope yeah, she's I doing they okay it for,
0: they made it for around 12 made a, a close to 500 worldwide jesus christ <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah, film is a monster. The Exorcist, based on a novel. And then we are going to be talking about Bruce Lee's final film. Yes. Enter, Enter the Dragon. Final film for Bruce Lee. You may know the poster. I think, John, you have that poster, don't you? Do you <laughs> have an Enter the Dragon poster?
0: Yeah, it's somewhere up on the... There's a Bruce Lee somewhere. poster somewhere in the apartment. I can't remember if it's Enter the Dragon. I thought it was
1: Enter the Dragon. I thought I remembered the three like slits across his face. Yeah, John, John
2: hasn't been in his, apartment, in his apartment for a while.
0: Yeah, well, I forgot <laughs> about my apartment. <laughs> All
1: right, so just, just to recap, that is The Exorcist. That is Enter the Dragon. And then finally, in our redemption segment, or was it really that bad, we are going to be discussing the first Roger Moore Bond film, Live and Let Die, which apparently is a theme song that they just recut for two hours over and over and over again. I saw the score for that movie. I a note like, this. It said, "Yeah, it said score score." Uh, I forget if it's score composer score. I guess it was score produced by George Martin. I was like, "No shit, McCartney and George Martin working again." No, he just he just fucking produced one song, and then every like three minutes they just played the just like that okay, like. Okay, so save, save da, it for da. the end. Save it for the end. Okay. Anyway, so that's gonna be our. Wasn't really that bad. Segment at the ends. But right before we start talking about The Exorcist, we are going to continue with our segment of What You have Been Watching? John, what you been watching?
0: What have I been watching? Uh, well, uh, I started watching some of those Masterclass series if yeah. everyone has seen the fucking advertisements for those. So I watched uh, Scorsese's and some of Aaron Sorkin's. So I watched uh, yeah. Gangs of New York this week. Which I hadn't seen in a totally. while. One of his controversial movies, and whether or not it's one of his best, it's definitely got some problems. But goddamn it, Daniel oh. Day-Lewis is so good in that movie. <laughs> um, I watched *The American President*, Bob Reiner. Their second collaboration, Sorkin and Bob Reiner. And then I watched uh, yeah. Danny DeVito's Denny *Enemy*, which is uh, the movie he made between *Prisoners* and *Arrival*, I believe. And Jake Gyllenhaal right. really. Really interesting, probably the weirdest of his movies, which is saying something if you're into his stuff. I love him so much. Shout out. One reason I watched it is because uh, one of my most anticipated movies that's supposed to be coming out, it was supposed to come out, I think, at the end of this year, Dune. Dune.
2: Oh, Danny yeah. Bellaview is making yeah.
0: Dune, so hopefully they will push
2: that back. I do not want them to release that when I can't see it in that, theaters. It's... That is not coming out anyway. About the cinema, trust me.
0: Yeah, so I'm super yeah. fucking excited, love his movies, had a good time, and, of course, these three movies. And Star Trek, still <laughs> pumping away <laughs> with the next generation. <laughs> mm.
2: Loving it, loving it, loving it. Oh, How yeah. are you, Dave? <laughs> um, I actually, uh, I caught, uh, finally, Jumanji, the next level this week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's hit funny, streaming. Right? <laughs> it's it's funny. I, I don't know if it's as good as the first one, but I certainly enjoyed it. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I right. do. I did. I did like. Uh, it, it felt like everyone did their homework when they were portraying someone else. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was definitely a laugh. <laughs> uh, just uh, just today, I finally gave uh, X Men: Days of Future Past a rewatch because the first time I saw that was on a plane. So uh, good. It's better on the rewatch, yeah. I, I did yeah. enjoy it on the plane. It's much better on the rewatch. And the, my, the best thing that this week, as far as watching something, I went to a drive-in at Greenpoint and saw, oh, a yeah. midf- and saw a midnight screening of Evil Dead. Shut up. That's awesome, Yeah, dude. that looked really cool. That it looked was really cool. amazing. I highly recommend it. Drive-ins are back, everyone. Drive-ins are back.
1: And yeah, you, great.
2: Yeah, you drive but, in yeah. and they park all the cars and you can get out and sit next to your car and everyone's like six feet apart and social distancing and not doing all the right thing. Um, still telling you guys they got to do the it's a fun night if they
0: could if they could hook up fucking bluetooth so you could bring your own fucking headphones and hook up like drive-ins are all the way back in no technical sacrifice at all you could still have a wonderful experience
1: yeah 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 Yeah. if my sony's if i can connect my sony's like i mean these guys had they had they had had exterior
2: they had exterior speakers too set up right
1: right right
0: how did did you did you did you drive in did you rent a car to go do that did you no i went with friends Oh, sweet God, that's so yeah. cool, man! Did you go with our crew, yeah. our horror movie as, crew,
2: in a story? As, oh, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, uh, nice. as <laughs> as uh, as tradition entails, we packed as many people in that damn car as we could because it's a per <laughs> car cost.
0: No worries, we just have to sit here for two hours inside this yeah. car while we watch this.
2: Oh yep. my God! Hats off to my wife who went in the trunk. Honestly, no, she didn't, no, no, she didn't really. I can't back that up. She doesn't listen anyway, so I can say what I want. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. fun man good for you guys that's really cool i still I, have not
2: taken advantage of the drive
0: they're happening everywhere i'm hearing about them here in north yeah. carolina too i still have not hit one up but one day
2: well you, the Jeff? green the green Boom one's really good because it has uh, a couple of little food trucks set up down there as well and they've actually got yeah uh it's not porta potties they've got actual toilets just in case anyone was concerned about that yes there are definitely dude, toilets there go to like the drive-in
1: for their toilets do it yeah dude that's awesome. um tight I feel like we get to this segment, I always forget what i watched this week.
0: I know, I always but... forgot last week, too, when you asked me. I wrote these down this time. Yeah, I totally lied. To yeah, I that was something stupid.
1: <laughs> That's for me. That's something stupid, yeah.
0: yeah. what the fuck did you watch? Let me guess. More reality yeah. TV. Is that, I started is that this what I just so I like
1: I started saying we should do what, what you've been watching to keep us relevant, but it was really just so I could rant about shit. And now I don't remember what I want to rant about. Um, I did watch... Um, The Berkshire's episode of
0: yes, the Unsold one I mentioned Mysteries.
1: last week. And to you, I have seen the Hans Zimmer Masterclass. I got that as a Christmas present from a future sister in law. I have not watched sweet. that one a, yet.
0: Thank you. I didn't know he did it's, one. It's I awesome.
1: Forget. It's awesome getting perspective of someone like him who's just a master. And it's never musical, right? It's always like ideas. It's like the, the, the formula and like the music writing is always just. It, they just, it's a second, that's like second nature to him. It's always about like feel and mood and and just the process of him watching the film and and how he watches it is, is fascinating. Anyway, for another time, Ran for another time. Um So I watched, uh, I've been watching a lot of Our Planet, which is awesome. It's basically, It's your first time around? Basically, basically, well, I mean, I've seen all the Planet Earths and stuff, but this is my first um, Our Planet, I guess. Yeah, is it's, it's the called?
0: Netflix version. It's right?
1: a giant. <laughs> fuck you to climate climate deniers. That's basically what it is. Anybody who denies climate, this Richard Attenborough saying, "Fuck all of Dude, you." Dude, have you gotten? Years. you should be
0: shamed. We should carve into your face that you are a climate. Jeff, denier. have you gotten to have you gotten to the Walrus episode yet? The Walrus um,
1: is that shallow waters, by any chance? Yeah, I am in that one. I'm in it right now, so I haven't oh
0: seen it. I just God, touched the dude. dolphins in <laughs> oh uh, Key God. West. Or in the... the end of this episode is going to break you, dude. <laughs>
2: like, oh, no. The I hope everyone gets fun. the message, because when you get to the point where Attenborough is pissed off enough to give you the finger, you <laughs> fucked up. Like, <laughs>
1: Honestly, the do. first planet Earth was all about, uh, they, it ended with, by the way, um, you know, this planet's probably only sustainable for about a billion people top. So, like, you know, we're over that by about... Sevenfold, so like you know, we should make some changes, and then Planet Earth <laughs> 2, and then there's like Life with Oprah, and there's just we're enough people, enough. Um, I forget what else I've seen, but I'll, I'll just keep it there. Some Netflix, no, that's good, dude. I think I, I, anyway, um, yeah, good stuff. We have Tenet coming out next weekend, right? Maybe. So, we'll see I, don't, I don't think
2: it's coming out next weekend. I don't I think, think he's, it, he's going to it, I don't in. think he should. Yeah, no, like <gasps> a week before they're gonna pull it, yeah, I, I would well, say I, so. God, I mean, they've run, I mean into, they've run into trouble in China as well. Um, it technically, at the moment, under the China's rules, can't screen in China because they've limited their um, movie length to two hours in the theater, and this thing's almost three. Of course, because you know, right. and uh, so it effectively cannot screen in China at the moment. That's the second biggest market. They're not going to release it in China. They don't, I don't think they're going to release wow. it here.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I feel the exact same way. I think if they, when the Asian market went down, I was like, "There's no way this is gonna be coming out." That, and a lot of our major cities, you know, we're walking back reopenings here, like. Movie theaters right. are a part of that. Like, why? Who are yeah. they gonna? Who's gonna see it? Right. Damn it. Right. I know. Right, right, but right. but I'm ready. I'm ready to go see it whenever the fuck it comes out. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm, I'm ready. To to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah, too.
1: Yeah. Um. And um. The Last Dance is on Netflix for everybody. I highly recommend that. It's the Michael Jordan documentary that was on ESPN Plus. It's on Netflix Ooh, right now. Uh, is, that, that Netflix now? That,
0: is that what I, I kept seeing? The Nef- <laughs> kept hearing advertisements yeah, yeah. for that during the daily. Is that right? Or <laughs> during... Uh...
1: Oh, is it in the... Di- I, I I add Skip, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't yeah. know about the Daily. Uh, anyway, okay, let's get to our podcast for today. Yes. What a week. <laughs> so excited. We have, to kick us off, The Exorcist, 1973. So a little context for everybody. I think everybody kind of knows what it's about. William Friedkin, the director of this film, two years before, directed The French Connection, starring... Fucking Gene Hackman, Roy Scheider. I remember seeing this with John. We were freaking out about how good this was. We would pause scenes and just like rewatch like thirty second moments where there's not even any dialogue. We were just blown away. Fantastic, famous um, train sequence. It's just it is so well done. One of the best. um, One of the best follows because it's kind of like spy, like he's tailing somebody um and one of the best like tailing sequences i've ever seen in a film in the french connection so william Friedkin, 1971 this is right after um the studio system was like about to go belly up and so directors had basically autonomy to do whatever they want and he could do anything he wanted and he decided that he wanted to direct the adaptation of this william peter blatty novel the exorcist about uh, a demonic presence invading the a, a little girl and the dialogue it, it was just so good as people were just like flabbergasted and this movie became the, the highest group as we talked about one of the highest grossing r-rated movies if not the highest rated r-rated i'm slurring already <laughs> awesome 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 film linda blair sorry that you'll always be remembered as the girl who peed and ruined the dinner party but ellen bursting ellen Burstyn. Max von Sydow. I mean, just yeah. inc- incredible all the way around. Won a couple Oscars. Who who wants to go first with their thoughts? Dave, you just watched it, Antis right? Assist? I did. I did. I, I watched it today.
2: That's why I'm drinking beer. A lot at the moment. Uh, it's it's a it's a movie that will fuck you up. It's uh, I, I the funny thing is like when you haven't watched it in a while, you don't remember that like, there's more to this than just a possessed girl. Like there's a whole mythology that leads up to it. So I'd yeah. forgotten all about the opening of this film, and I forgot how beautifully it's shot. Uh, like mm-hmm. when because this is we're talking the '70s where they couldn't CG this stuff. They went to Iraq and shot this stuff. Like the whole mm-hmm. intro of the film is shot in Iraq. And I thought I started the wrong film. I was like, <laughs> was, "Shit, yeah!" I was like, a,
1: "Damn it, I rented the wrong movie." <laughs>
2: and didn't they? Didn't they? Uh, that was a.
0: They shot that after the. Yeah, it was main after they were done after and it was a, yeah. It's a British crew, right? Because we still had bad relations with them, so he couldn't go over there and shoot it. So they got a British crew to go film in Iraq. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> sort of. They uh, they also had to teach. They had to have uh, a certain amount of Iraqi crew members and teach them filmmaking at the time as well. I believe. Wow. Uh, that wow. was the that was the Contra deal that they made. And good on them, they may have who knows, they may have kickstarted the Iraqi film industry. Wow. Which is great. Interesting. Um I'll tell you what though, watch like one thing I did notice is that like cause these films are from the 70s, it's a different technique they use, and it really gave me a reappreciation of the zoom lens. Cause like some of the zooms they're doing in mm. The Exorcist are ridiculous. He's gotta have like a 100, 200 millimeter zoom lens on that thing. And he's just coming in mm-hmm. across rivers to a building or, you know, right into people's faces from miles away and stuff like that. Yeah. The same thing with End of the Dragon. They did, like, a lot of, like, zoom yeah. cinematography there. Like, in, in that case, it was a particular style. But, like, The Exorcist has these, like, massively slow zooms that they're doing. Especially they're at just, the beginning. Yeah. So, like, the the bigger zooms in the beginning. I mean, the, Is that the, you're talking yeah, about the, when they're in Iraq? Uh, and also the transition... That one in the beginning of Georgetown, yeah, Yeah. when it
0: goes into our house across the bridge.
2: Yep. I mean, there's also,
0: talk talk for a second, I want to hear you. Technically, um, isn't it true that with long telephoto lenses, they tend to be a little softer on the edges, so they have this kind of insulating feel as you move in, as opposed to a
2: push-in, a dolly-in with a regular larger size lens, right? A little bit. I mean, the, the thing that fascinated me is like, as you zoom that thing in, your exposure is going to drop. Right. So like some, they've got someone on adjusting exposure on that zoom, the same rate. They're like zooming, maintaining constant exposure. Cause like you didn't have DaVinci resolve back then. Nah. No. Like you are you are <laughs> yeah, your color timing was a whole different damn thing. You had to
0: get that shit right. This whole fucking movie was practical, right? Like it's crazy when I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the
2: same thing. Like, well, I the think they refrigerated the- set. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That,
2: that <laughs> was mean- a fifty. That was a fifty thousand dollars piece of equipment to keep that set down to like thirty degrees, just so, so we could see, see the some breath. Good breath. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just, just some good and, uh, but breath. But like, they have released a whole heap of behind the scenes feel about stuff. That? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, don't get me started on some of the stuff. Like this. This is a like I did make a note about. It. This is like an old west style production of associating like associated with this film like they had injured actors they had the set called to 30 degrees to make breath visible the directors fired guns next to people's ears to give them a, a fright um <laughs> <laughs> he slapped he literally he slapped, slapped the guy yeah the, the guy, guy who, <laughs> and, and, who plays and, the other priest <laughs> and stole a whole shitload of music and just put it in his movie and like they were fighting lawsuits for this thing years later it was like yeah. this was the like the last of the yeah i'm a director i can do what i want kind of mentality i think yeah, and after, certainly for him. After there's a, there's <laughs> Like when that. Well, I think when the studio model went out, like the independent studios started to really clamp down on that sort of thing. So it wasn't as like out there, wild west. So I'm going to do what I want. Have you ever read the book? I have not, and I think I might after this, because from what I've heard, the book's even worse. Um, yeah, but like to to give my opinion of the movie, it's it's a really slow, ominous burn. <laughs> And then it starts to roller coaster up and down. Like you get a little bit to feed you, then you get a little bit to feed you, and then it just, it's just all in. Like you go yeah. over the cliff. Um, you heard the reports of people fainting, obviously, um, when it was first released. <laughs> they had like paramedics out. That was, uh, there's a very, very well done medical procedure she undergoes that is quite uncomfortable. And I just want to say the performance in that scene is phenomenal because I was squirming. I had to look away once or twice.
0: No, I mean, that was one of those. It's kind of like when an animal gets hurt on screen. I was like, is she okay? <laughs> like, yeah, like I know those, she's like, acting, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. is she like she's like? like, okay. you, like you she... go to
2: a, yeah, you go to a movie now and you see people get stabbed and people have arms yeah. off and cut in half, and you're like, yeah, he got crushed, whatever. You just know, that, like a little girl with a needle going in her neck, and you're like, oh, this is oh, it's yeah. too much. And I mean, it's yeah, so horrible, they did it really well. She did horrible, that really well.
0: Uh, what, they, they won for sound, right? So this was back in the day when there wasn't sound yeah. editing and sound mixing. It was just sound. And um, yeah. the two, the two edit, the editor and the mixer, they won. And I feel like it's, you know, it, sometimes it stands out in obvious ways, like all the weird sound effects that they do and the way they mix um, Mercedes, Mick Chambers, Chambers, whatever it yeah. is, her voice into it. But but then there are obvious things that are uh, directorial choices that were very effective. Oh my God. That old MRI that they were hooking up to her. that yeah. Oh
1: my God. It's horrifying. Yeah. Terrible,
0: yeah. awful, disturbing. A horror <laughs> film on its own. I mean, it really is like real life fucking horror. Let's just show it. It felt like documentary inside the, inside the hospital. Whenever she was back in those places, every yeah. time I cut back to one of those, I was like, Oh God, we're going to have to watch some awful right. gross procedure.
2: Yeah. Even, yeah. even like the infamous vomit effects are so yeah. well done. It's like you're, Half the time you're full front on camera and it's just coming out of her mouth and you can't tell. And that's in the 70s. There's no CG in this. That's a practical effect that's so well hidden. And I read up how it was done and I'm like, wow. Like it was a very, very complex arrangement that involved almost like not being able to close or move your mouth for like hours on end. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I'll tell you what though. You'd be a little twitchy after this if you were a family, wouldn't you? Like if she even sneezed funny... You'd be like, I'm calling the fucking priest. I'm, I'm done. Right, right, right. Although it did not, it did. This probably did not do well for uh, recruitment of
1: new priests. It did not make the priesthood <laughs> seem fantastic. They literally were like, "Man, you were smart, and now you live, and now you live in a dorm. Like, get that you're a 40 year old dorm mate." And they like, it, basically, it's his fault that his mom died poor. Like, it's like they really, yeah. His mom like died in insane asylum. It's like this is your fault, you poor priest. Did you guys hear asshole. about the remake they tried to make in 2015?
2: <laughs> A, Could you an read, actual they, remake? They, they no, were going to no, make no. a re. They were going to do a remake, like a shot for shot, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, gonna no, they were going to do a remake of The Exorcist, but it, apparently it never got off the ground. I'm like, what would that have been like?
1: Um, hey, I, Emily Rose had some. I saw that in theaters, and I, I got some jumps out of that. But there, yeah. no need to redo this. This is no need.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so not. I,
1: if it ain't broke, I saw this with, I saw this with Chloe, and um, honestly, we didn't know if we were going to make it through the whole movie. We just weren't in the mood for it, and we did. We sat there and we made it through. So kudos to to us. More so than anything else, but also to the film. But um, I didn't take any notes because Chloe decided she wanted to take the notes. Do you mind if I do you mind if I go through them? Oh, I please stay really
0: here. Actually, yeah. All
2: right. So hear. it starts You're, out with the Exorcist. You should actually bring her in and hand her a beer at this point because if it... I should,
1: yeah, just just hand it to her. <laughs> uh, her Okay, notes. here we go. You ready? <laughs> stop, okay.
2: Um, stop. Don't put her in a box, Jeff.
0: Let's let's get her.
1: Here we go. The beginning is confusing. Like, what movie is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same note, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Buzzer, buzzer oh, yeah. Damn it, damn She it. said, I she said, Iraq, what the fuck, and I wrote next to it, is this it looks like it wants to be the Indiana Jones prequel?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pret,
1: racist, hey, Where are we keep going, keep
0: going, yeah, this is just awful. Let's go, this is great. okay.
1: Um, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> is he getting exercised because they didn't tell you what an exorcism was, so it, basically, Max Sydow in Iraq was just behaving weirdly there's no other way of putting it it's just oh, yeah. we follow him around the streets and he's just being weird so wait so the exorcist then, is
2: just a guy that walks up a lot of hills getting some cardio
1: that's right yeah <laughs> yeah.
2: and then he and then every now and then he finds he's very a new, tired. fatigued he finds a new he finds a new gem that's going to be
1: oversold at a gift shop soon uh and then she wrote archaeology it's a good note um she said it's <laughs> a word the,
3: <laughs> it's a word this is what <laughs> she i'm saying uh,
1: the the clock stops that's true that, um, that happened in Iraq. The clocks just stopped when he brought the emblem out. And then she said, I wish I could laugh. And you know what? To her point, I kind of feel that way too. Since we talked a little bit about with Cabin in the Woods, the horror films of the 80s, how it's like you can't tell if they're more hilarious or scary and that's part of the fun. This one's not too funny. No, it's so not. So she wishes she could laugh. Um, then she's, then she gets to the point, so like, basically she's like, oh, now we're in Georgetown? Like by the fine time they finally get to like the plot, it's like, there's a lot of, there's there's like a prelude in this. You know what I mean? That, Anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was good, but it took us a while to get there. And then she said, is the exorcist scary? So that's not a great note, like 45 minutes into a horror film, but, you know, it's a slow burn, as Dave (laughs) said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then she said, um, this girl is definitely on drugs. And the funny thing about that is that was before uh, she was actually possessed.
2: So Linda Blair was on drugs
1: before she was possessed
2: chloe didn't have to do a I whole did. bunch of drugs before she watched this did she no did not and then this note
1: was good is she six or 15 we will never know yeah it's hard to tell because the relationship with the mom early on was like a six-year-old she's like oh yeah we can we can like play at the park oh my god mom good night and she gives her like a big hug and i was like i, I she could be anywhere between six and 15 i have no idea um and then she was, um, she was when Ellen 12 Burstyn- uh, she says it <laughs> She's, well, this is before she said it. And then Ellen Burstein goes up to the attic because she thinks she hears quote-unquote rats. And she woes up there with a flashlight. I'm sorry, with a... With, okay, fuck, I just ruined it. She goes up there with a candle. And rule number one, everybody listening at home, you need to be really, really careful. If you think there's a demonic spirit in your house and you hear noises in the attic, don't go up there with an open flame. Especially not if you're in a wooden townhouse in central D.C. You're going to light this whole fucking bitch on fire. As soon as you get one scare, you're going to drop it. It's going to light. You don't want a tinderbox in your attic. All right. Go up there with a flashlight. Chloe looked it up. When were flashlights invented? 1899. That was surprising to her. She that, she thought they would have been later. But flashlights were invented in 1899. She well, should have walked up into the movie attic this bought some research. And then we have two more notes, by the way. We're like 40 minutes into the movie. We have two more notes. I am scared, bored, but scared. That was her last note. <laughs> and you know what? To that, to that, I'm with her 100%. I will say to everybody, this is what I would compare it to. Um, I did the Coors Brewery tour a couple times in uh, Golden, Colorado, right outside of Denver. I highly recommend. Um, You can do the tour, and then at the end of the tour, you can have three full beers in the tasting room. Three full beers for free. If you want, you can skip the tour... And just go straight to the tasting room. What I would recommend to people is see the film. But then, if you ever want to rewatch it, just skip skip the tour and just go right to the tasting room. Let's get into the demonic possession stuff. That's what Dude, I would say. The actual is exorcism,
2: the exorcism is only nine minutes long in this movie. So you're watching a nine minute movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, okay. When she when she gets to the pee and the the, the party part, I guess that's probably like 50 minutes. Ah. In. Like that. That's where it gets interesting. And I know there's some good. It's cool that Max von Cito is at the beginning, and then he's the one that comes back at the end. There's a good priest backstory there. It's but. great
2: that we got that perspective because I, I was actually one of the notes I had was like it's definitely an accomplishment and the build-up's legitimate and the like the effects for this time were yeah. ph- phenomenal. All the practical effects that were done flawlessly, but it does lack the horrific punch that comes after it. Like I'm, I'm not sure how modern audiences audiences would take it, uh, right. given how de- desensitized we've become.
3: Yeah,
1: right. and we did well. We 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 watched the whole thing, and we were scared. We genuinely were into it. It was well done. We did not stop. Had we either of you seen through. this before? Good. I had seen it. Okay. Um, she had never seen it before, but it, it was good. But it is it can, it could can be a little boring. It could be it could be a little boring unless you love exposure, and unless you love. <laughs> Unless you love um, the 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 filmmaking behind it, I suppose. But as far as the story is concerned, it does a lot of things where they're in the home and they do the tricks. Like, you don't know if someone's going to pop out or if you see a mirror, something's going to appear in the mirror. But of course, nothing is going to for like an hour. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's good. It's a little boring, but it's, it's
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I think this is one of those movies. All right, first of all, I did kind of want to rattle these off. There have not been many. The Exorcist was... One of the main reasons the door got opened into horror movies being taken more seriously, Rosemary's Baby was in there, something Jekyll and yeah, Hyde back eight. in, like, 30s. Then you have, um what, Jaws got some rec- serious recognition. Silence of the Lambs, obviously, nailed it. Six Sense, Black Swan, Jury Get Out. Um, Jaws, so, actually, Jaws
2: actually apparently wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for The Exorcist. I'm sure that, they, oh, they wanted, know, they lot lot wanted something things. that was like a and, follow-up.
0: You know, would Ari Aster be taken seriously right now? You know, all, all these things. So when well, we have to open that door, but I know what you mean about what you're saying. I two points. One, I don't think it's possible for a modern audience, not just because of what you're talking about with structure and everything, which I, I totally know what you mean, but mostly because we are totally desensitized to the story of exorcism. When William Peter Blatty wrote this in '71,
2: yeah, definitely,
0: it was a. Uh, it was still pretty. Folklore, the only that he based it on a real life case study that happened some point in the 40s in Maryland to this kid. And it Mm -hmm. had never really been commercialized before. So if the test of this movie, when you were going to see this for the first time was, can you get an audience to be on board with Ellen Bernstein and Karras in believing there's no fucking way this is actually going to require an exorcism? I do think it achieves that. But what's the price of that? The price is that it's not going to be as much fun for the rewatch because the exorcism takes so long yeah, to yeah. get to
2: I mean, so, that's the, they almost made them change the title when it was released because they, their argument was no one knows what an exorcist is.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think, you know, I I was thinking when I was watching this about why is Silence of the Lambs, you know, what, what lessons did it take from it? You know, it from the book and this, I've read the book of The Exorcist as well. Um, the book's even worse, you guys, with, with what we're talking about. It happens at the yeah. very end and then it's fucking over. It takes, you know, a few hundred pages to get to it and then it's over in like five pages. Um, so the burn, it feels like the story is like trying to get us in the same headspace as these people. That, I do agree with you. That is something that I think would have worked really well before the age of. Rewatchability with video rentals and everything. If you had never, yeah. if you were just lined up to go watch this thing, you would be on the edge of your seat by the time it actually happens. Cause you had never seen anything like that, but we're, you know, we're pretty spoiled nowadays. Yeah. Like we want yeah. the gore. We want to know what this horror movie is going to do within the first 10 or 15 minutes. We at least want to see the first kill or something like that. So even though Reagan pisses her pants, and even though you start hearing the rats in the attic, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it. I have to I, watch this as a time capsule. Now, if you allow yourself yeah, to do yeah. that, it's fucking brilliant. And I do think it lives up to exactly what it's supposed to be. I just don't know if you can say a general title about this film anymore as the best horror movie of all time, because it's, it's, it's encapsulated yeah. in a period that doesn't really respond to the way we think of horror movies nowadays and because yeah. it has dominated an entire subgenre of horror, exorcism
3: yeah even i am mean well, I'm it, trying, I, jeff
0: tell I, me I'd, I'd emily it, rose i'd give emily rose she shit hits the fan within like 10 right she's like on a date or something and like shit starts going crazy for her it happens quicker yeah it
1: happens quicker yeah, yeah. and then they introduce the, the other supporting characters as opposed to this where linda blair is like the sixth important character they introduce in order mm. like if you're going sequentially
2: yeah um fun fact did you read the imdb trivia on some of this stuff yeah <laughs> like did you get to the bit where there was like a real life serial killer On the, yes, he's on the set, the the x ray tank. Yeah, with the x ray -ray tanks. He was, he was, uh, yeah, Paul Bateson. He was uh, suspected of doing the bag murders in 1977 through 78, New York.
0: It's actually why Friedkin ended up making Cruising.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that's that's a fun little thing in itself. But yeah, no, I get all horror is, I think, is going to lose something on the rewatch because it counts on you not knowing what's coming next or you that don't know what guys, to expect
0: i'll also say that we've made this comment before i i think the word horror is used too loosely whenever you're talking about movies yeah. dramatic movies that have scary elements to them like obviously this has got horrific elements but the sound design the the, ser- the sincerity and the seriousness of the the filmmaking it feels more like a disturbing thriller to me than a straight up horror maybe it's just because i'm i live when i live and i was born when i was born and i think of horror differently but don't wouldn't we have a similar conversation about something like the shining or rosemary's mm. baby
2: yeah Rosemary.
0: No, i, think, Ro- I, I mean, think
1: the i think the shining is i think the shining's better
0: but don't don't yeah. you, but better i mean better they would audience. definitely but, but into into the, like the psychological more, ther- thriller. i still think it has a, a long slow burn before things start really happening whereas yeah. in these horror movies nowadays not as long
1: not as long not as slow yeah
0: well i mean mm. i love but, the but it's good too. I, I mean
1: you need you need to have a build-up you do need to have a build-up my favorite horror movie of all time is the original omen what? and it's, it does build up too and it does have a lot of your super zooms that you love Jeff's but gonna um come but, back to but, us in a yeah, second this there. is great Dave, and it, it was worth the ride. i'm glad we, we did wait it out but but to say like the show i'm scared and bored at the same time is, is the best way I seriously think what is your out, favorite you know from movie? From, from depending or on your disturbing mood disturbing i think we are solid we are, we are mood based now. Like we, we watch things and, and if we're in a bad mood, when we watch something, then we remember the film that way, you know? So something to think about.
0: You cut out for a minute there. Did you say, uh, what your favorite horror movie was just for us so we can hear it?
1: Oh yeah. The original Omen, the Omen.
0: Mm, dude, that movie fucked me up. Yeah. That movie <laughs> fucked me up. Nice and good. And again, the hanging, when the hanging happens in 20 minutes, right? When the woman jumps off. It's the... all for
1: you, Damien. Yeah. It's <laughs> all for you. I mean, that
0: happens pretty quickly. I think they learned some lessons. Um, yeah, Dave. yeah,
1: yeah. It was three years after this. They clearly okay. like they saw this movie and went, "Fuck yeah, let's go." The yeah. almond, Damon, father of yeah. Satan or kid of Satan. What is everybody? Rosemary's was? Baby. They have this
0: on the board already. So let's go. Yeah, I mean, I am still again though, I'm really happy it got made. It won Best Picture at the Golden Globes that year. Best dramatic picture at the Golden Globes that year. A horror, a horror movie. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. It won Best Adapted Screenplay. I mean.
1: Yeah. It was the first horror film to be nominated for best picture. And, Whenever
0: a genre film can get in and be taken really seriously, that's always some kind of achievement. So
1: actually we, we, you know, not to talk too much about the Oscars, which come up on the show. Cause it's hard to not put that in perspective. when we do these time capsule years, the way we're doing them. But, um, Ellen Burstein was nominated for her performance. Um, there are a lot um, of performance, there are other performance nominations in this too. Linda Blair as best supporting actress. Yeah. I think she might've even won the golden globe. I can't remember. Um, that doesn't happen with horror movies anymore, and so I don't know what happened because in many cases a proper horror film requires performances that are larger than life. I'm thinking of Toni Collette oh, Tony Collette, Tony Collette, dude. I mean, she like, should have won
0: that year. That's just.
1: I mean, in Hereditary, <laughs> honestly, the best some of, one of the best performance moments I've ever seen in the past, or at least in the past ten years or whatever, is and if you've seen Hereditary, she's off screen and you just hear her yelling. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about when you look at the boy's face, and everything she does in that. She's just screaming, she's when she's, remarkable. and it's like. But I, I don't know why Linda Blair gets the, right, the well, well, Okay, Linda so Blair, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn. But.
0: So it kind of ties back into what we're saying. Like, As much fun as we have, I'm, I'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. with you guys at all. As much fun as we have with more modern styles of horror movies where you can kind of laugh at it as well. What do you lose with that? You lose uh, the way people perceive it in terms of seriousness. You know Ari Aster took that movie is, that was a Citizen Kane when he was making it. You know, they, they all took it really fucking yeah. seriously. Tony Collette's a serious actress. She took yeah. it seriously. But we've come such a long way from The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby and Silence of the Lambs that, hmm. unfortunately, which is, it's which kind is of kind been of shoved what, back into a, a lot of horror I don't even think it was in considered. In she didn't even get a Golden Globe nom that year, right. did she?
3: Yeah.
1: I don't think so, no. Yeah, and so, Get uh, Out is the only other, like, quote-unquote horror yeah. film, which is sort of like a horror comedy. Like, that's almost genre-bending. It's almost like satire.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's... Not quite the same. but yeah, I agree it's, with you. It's, it's yeah. real
1: when it's real, and it's satire when it's other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So but this is the tent pole. So if you want to know where, like, your lineage, if you want to know the history of all this stuff, yeah, I guess Rosemary's Baby yeah, does predate this. So if you really I get I sometimes crazy, just walk into a room and like on the rug, just, just and all to those see what happens from the past. But as yeah. far as like <laughs> modern film, this is it. This is this is the Citizen Kane of this genre for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it taught us a lot. There are still elements that we're going to use from it, It was even thriller. though yeah, most of those elements exist in the last. 20 minutes. <laughs> I think closest, closest to horror yeah. was The Birds, I think, and maybe Psycho. Right. You know, it's fun.
1: Oh, and also, and of course, shout out to shout out to Hitchcock, yeah. too. But this, right. again, well, with this is that, just a little bit different. This is like a little... Well, you never
0: made horror, right? Yeah. I mean, these thrillers, suspense, like, yeah. But I know what you mean. I feel you. I feel you. A lot of the same elements. Freaking Mm,
1: fucking the bird. Yeah. I watched the birds on mit, mit, on Mischief Night one year, and it was terrible. When I was like twelve, it was really fucking scary. Disturbing shit. Um, any anything else to say about The Exorcist? Yeah, uh, I just want to say Mercedes
0: McCam- How do you say her last? what? Who is it? What's your name? Mercedes McChambers, or whatever the woman who does yeah, M- the M- voice. McCambridge. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you. I just love this little tidbit of trivia. When mm-hmm. she agreed to do this, she told William Friedkin the only thing that would be necessary, and she, they tied knows, it to what, a she chair. knew what he wanted. Is that she was going to require a pack of cigarettes, a bottle of whiskey, raw eggs, and her priest (laughs) to be present while she did this performance. Because she was in AA at the time. And she knew if she was going to do what was required to get that voice, she was going to have to get fucked up. So, Um, um, and they tied her to a fucking chair while she did it
1: wow so the green vomit was just her AA person who, who goes off the deep end that's just that, that so was the contraption crazy,
0: dude I know what you need I'm just gonna need uh, some whiskey cigarettes raw eggs and a priest oh my god <laughs> that's the alright
1: well friends we're gonna take a short little break and then when we come back we are so excited to talk about Bruce Lee's final picture yeah! enter the dragon see you soon see you in a soon what the what the fuck, what the
3: fuck?
0: And we're back. We're back. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We are back.
1: Oh, my gosh. Moving along. Film year 1973.
2: It's, yes. Yeah, it's we we, did, we started with we Welcome not,
1: Back. We did not want to be another <laughs> Mean Streets podcast, but Mean Streets is the best movie from this year, right? That's, the, that's like... that's, that's good, That movie good is argument so goddamn good. Yeah. The yeah, lady Burr is great. There's a, graffiti's good. It's a lot of good stuff. Anyway, we are back. So... Little context about Bruce Lee here, which I actually didn't really know. So I, I knew that he um, came to America when he was like probably around 20. He was kind of young. Moved to Seattle, and he did open up a um, uh, a studio. And it's sort of he he didn't define himself by one particular teaching style. He was basically a combination of a bunch of different styles. I forget what the exact translation was of his style, but it's something like the fist has no soul or something. It's like a weird translation of what the style is that he practices what he's called. But pretty early on in his early 20s, he was cast as Kato, who's the sidekick to the Green Hornet on uh, the television series. And he did make appearances on the Batman TV series. I think this is like 66, 67 or so. Um, so, hmm. you know, about seven years before this film came out. And then 1971 is where he really takes off with the film, something about the... Boss, shit, I'm, I'm blanking on I'm blanking on the name. It's uh, the the big boss. Sorry, that's what it was. The big boss, and then very very quickly he had his own studio. He has Fist of Fury, which comes out. He has The Way of the Dragon, which is his writing, directing, producing baby, co-starring Chuck Norris, who he met years before, years before in the '60s. Uh, yeah, um, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. I guess they had met at like a, a competition. Um, where they must have been in different weight classes or different styles or something, and they you know shook hands and became friends. So they were they were working together on that film, and then Enter the Dragon, uh, not written and directed mm-hmm. by by Bruce Lee, although he did all of the fight sequences. In fact, in the script it said, "Here is a fight will be choreographed by Mr. Lee." Like it's just yeah. like nothing even written
0: down by this. But he did he, all. Of it. He
2: directed. He directed the pre credits fight, like the the very first fight. I, I think, think he directed. He directed that one. I think he directed every single fight, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah,
0: I read that I read that too, Dave, but it said in the opening credits of the movie that he does he directs all the fight choreography, but Oh yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, knows? he does that.
1: Um so anyway, just, just to get just to catch everybody up. So he's about 31, 32 years old when he's filming this movie. He kind of gets carte blanche on all the fight sequences, but because he's not the producer, he gets some creative differences. They do film in Hong Kong, which was something he thought he should do. Um, so all of the the stunt artists are actual Fighters from Hong Kong who have been well trained, including Jackie Chan, who's an extra who I believe dies. <laughs> I believe Bruce yes. Lee kills, he murders Jackie Chan in this film. Um, there's also a lot of lore about on set. Uh, he was becoming this huge megastar, even more so in Hong Kong than America. And so um, extras on set were asking him to to fight because there were actual fighters. And so he would he would accept challenges, and he always won. Um, but anyway, he dies about six days before the initial U.S. premiere of this film. Uh, complicated. He was at. Uh, he, had, he was feeling ill, and he took a, a piece of something that was supposed to be medicine for what he thought was a headache. And apparently, his body reacted inappropriately, and his brain was swollen, and he ends up dying of. I forget what the exact cause of death was. At thirty-two, so he actually dies before this film comes edema? out. And then, so is it edema? Was that what it was? Yeah.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, but so, so anyway the, the setup to this movie is really really interesting if you know it historically from that context but it's really really cool because he is in a dojo and he's in a is in a community with awesome dialogue it's basically like his entire philosophy in the beginning of this movie it is so <laughs> yeah. the lo- the first 10 minutes of this movie is just like like he says something like i think my favorite quote from the beginning is um there's the no moon. such thing as an opponent because there's no i there's no such thing as I. So therefore, how could I have an opponent if I don't exist? And then my favorite quote of his is something like, uh, when you're ready to actually combat, um, your fist doesn't hit your opponent. The opponent, it hits itself. It's basically like, you don't punch your opponent. It, meaning your fist, hits itself against the opponent. Is basically how he, yeah. it's like this weird defensive. I mean, my, it's so, my, so, so, my, so cool.
2: My favorite, Tidbit from the, uh, the the dialogue is don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. The heavenly oh my glory. God, that's so and good. I think that's oh good advice God. for all of us, don't I... you?
1: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, sorry, my, my intro is so long, but I feel like the setup does help the understanding of this film. And I think it even makes it more fun to watch. Um, He gets asked by this, I think the United States State Department to go. There's a tournament being held on a private island by somebody and uh, girls are going and they're disappearing um, and they believe there is foul play. They believe there is a criminal enterprise going on on this island. And once every three years, um, the, the antagonist of the film hosts this tournament and they want Bruce Lee to go as a champion to fight in the tournament, but secretly be working as a spy. And he does uncover that there's a drug operation going on there. And then he basically has to fight his way in and out of this whole scenario to find the burden of proof so that when the state department invades the island, they have proof. So they're not going to, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's basically what the film's about, but it's basically an excuse for a ton of fucking fighting. And it's so awesome. Who wants to go first?
2: There is a little bit of story in there. Like they, they, they get, there's a a great story. story.
1: There's a great story, but that's why people are going to watch. That's the pitch. If you want yeah. to know more about the girls, I mean, or like the, the his yeah. partners and friends, sure. But like, that's why you're going to see the movie.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I think almost everybody on the planet has seen at least something to do with this movie because it's one of the most parodied and right. like replicated movies I've ever seen. There are so many, there are so many films that have so many references to this film.
0: It's the first time we saw this this kind of plot right like it's mortal combat it's it, uh, i mean
2: it is it's uh, it's, it's, it's uh, the I martial mean, arts uh,
0: competition plot right? <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like it's the first time they really exploited that
2: i mean let, let, just, let's face it jackie chan a lot of his films tarantino drew a lot from this uh austin powers the matrix uh the whole dragon ball series mortal combat street fighter double dragon video games all of uh,
0: all of um jean Claude van damme movies yeah blood sport the they,
2: quest yeah, everybody drew from this film and from this this particular, thing. and uh, like uh, there was also a very famous in the '70s. I don't know whether you guys would have seen it, uh, but it was called the Kentucky Fried Movie, and it's a very it's, like the not, it's a very of this, it's, right? yeah it's a very not safe for work, not safe for this time period uh, movie because there's a lot of jokes that would now be considered extremely inappropriate. But one thing in the middle of it is they do an actual 30 minute, almost shot for shot, like remake of the sequence from when they're on the island mm-hmm. onwards and it's just yeah, it's ridiculous john, it's a john landis
0: <laughs> movie right yeah, yeah i'm
2: sure it's hilarious it it's
0: ridiculous it's actually kind of got, casino
1: royale because casino royale um bond goes to the casino to, as a poker player but he's actually kind of a spy so this i mean know, yeah this is of, described yeah. as
0: i feel like a lot of people were describing this as a um, pretty classic kind of james bond plot scenario where you pimp your protagonist into a scenario where they are isolated with the villain. So they're in a place where they're going to have to get into fights over and over and over again, as they make their way to the end of this thing. What? And, uh, what?
1: How? Put
0: your head down. Yeah. Jeff was going to say something. How good.
1: So he, so he doesn't actually, he has like kind of a training spar early on, but when he actually is in the tournament and there are stakes, how fucking fast are his goddamn hands? Yeah. He, th- they start, I, okay, he, they start in this position where their hands are touching, right? So they're in there, like, whatever you think your, your martial artist stance is, right? Feet wide apart, one kind of face. But I, I can't describe martial arts at all. But their hands have to be touching. So it's weird. It's, it's, <laughs> you almost start at, like, Olympic fencing. And he would mm. land a punch...
2: Before the opponent would blink, like it was so yeah. fucking fast. That was it, it that is, was not a that was not a fake snake in that movie. He out like, he beat the snake.
1: What's up with snakes this week? There's so many. There's so many tapped, a lot of reptilian tapped, and snake stuff going on this week. For us. there's yeah. a
2: piece of trivia.
0: Apparently, he tapped it uh, eleven times. times. 11 Eight times. times. I read eleven times, and he only got bitten once. <laughs>
3: so uh, the coolest steak, part yeah.
0: about that is that a cobra I mean, bit I'm, him astra- I'm australian now. i'm australian <laughs> that's, that's yeah. good odds yeah exactly but jeff you're right dude when that part came up i literally i audibly was like oh I, I rewound yeah, yeah, it yeah. like three times the i, first I, I one expected especially. like a
1: nice long fight and he literally just goes
0: <laughs> it's like, Boom. Oh my, yeah. Boom. <laughs> i mean just fucking fast as lightning dude
2: that fist was yeah. lightning
0: fast there's no special effects it's yep. one shot no i mean that is there's, badass I mean, uh I'm very I did, thankful. I, I
2: can tell you, there's a little, uh, there's a little bit of uh, bad ADR in this, where certain D- things. are ADR out. Is, a little is fucking terrible, okay. on this. Okay, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it it's terrible. So but bad. His, the, it, I gave it a pass because it has. Uh, they shot the whole film without audio. So there was no audio recorded on set yeah. whatsoever. And that was in the IMDb trivia. It was like yeah. IMDb trivia. They shot this without audio. And I wanted to
1: write as a comment, no shit. This is not trivia. Just turn the movie on. It's <laughs> ADR is bad. But it's, sorry, Dave, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it does no, allow for it. some of the best the best sound bites you will yes. ever hear every single hit that is landed has a sound to go with it and just think about this none of it is live all of it was put in later so you're like all of your Mortal, Mortal Kombat sounds are put in later. They might as well put like a fucking cat screaming in there. Like it, there is some of the
2: weirdest and funniest fucking yeah. sounds. Sorry, Dave, back a, to you. My, no, my wife, who's a big fan of this film, actually, um, pointed out that uh, the knives don't make a sound when they sweep the knives because in this film, the fists are the deadly weapons. And I mean, <laughs> she's a bitch. She, she's a fan of this film because Dan Bruce Lee is in shape in this. I'm sure that's what it is. But. Like and he's in shape, man. There's not an ounce of fat Jesus. on that guy. It's distracting sometimes. It's the opposite of fat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever the opposite. I mean, you can see every, like, every not ripple. once, not
2: <laughs> once in my life was I ever in right. that much shape. Like, good for him. He but great, he, like man. he's he, yeah, he's he's got this swagger too. I love it. Like yeah, he doesn't answer he questions. Only...
1: People ask people ask him questions and he doesn't answer. He just stares at them and they go okay, yeah. never mind.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. when you're watching that, you got you can't you can't help but acknowledge that it was probably heightened because he died, but like he's Bruce Lee, like he turned, this became, this turned him into a cultural icon. This changed things. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think Jackie Chan may have had the kind of career that he had had without Bruce Lee laying down Correct. groundwork. We wouldn't uh, have. Ja- Jackie Chan
1: clan. actually
2: has actually
0: said
1: that. <laughs> the Wu-Tang. Um, and have the Wu-Tang just the crossover, clan, which just the I... crossover to the Hong Kong and Chinese film markets. I mean, Bruce Lee really paved mm. the way for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I love how he only climbs ropes in a pike position with his legs <laughs> out. <laughs> I didn't even
2: know there was a name for that. <laughs> That's I
0: mean, how in shape uh, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah. In Chinese, so a lot of foreign films, Italian films from this era, a lot of Japanese films and Chinese films, they don't film, they don't record sound on set. It was like right. America yeah. in the 30s. It was and all 40s. outdoors, they literally anyway. It don't even terrible. try because they shoot on location so much. But even 90% of this movie was shot in studios in yeah. in China. There were only a few exteriors when they were outside, and most of those were actually in the Hong Kong harbor from like back in the day before all
2: the high-rises exist. Well, also, some, so, of the, some of those guys didn't speak English either, so they were mouthing yeah, the English the guy words. Who plays,
0: <laughs> yeah, the guy who plays Han, yeah. somebody would just say the one line at a time to him off screen in english and he would just repeat his best guess at what those sounds sounded like and then somebody dubbed oh it God. over afterwards the guy who dubbed it over it. is the that guy from the gremlins what's the name of that what's that <laughs> oh, character from the gremlins like the old age yeah <laughs> he does the voiceover he's, over he's for in Han. everything and we haven't um, talked about we... it yet i gotta throw it out hold on the music is yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> right? i mean so funky i don't know why yes. they did that lalo Schifrin, guy did the mission impossible music rush hour jeff i know you love that shit i do i do uh, he's got i mean it's so funky yeah. so it's also it's kind of no surprise to me that it's not just bruce lee the the uh, the martial artist who inspired a whole new movement of uh getting into physical shape uh there was a huge martial arts surge in the 70s and 80s chuck norris and which was Krim Abdul Jabar. Which was inspired Prima, by this movie. Um, yeah. But also musically, like you can see why hip hop artists took yeah. this, not just the Wu-Tang clan, but like there's such a there's such a unique tie there because of what Layla Schifrin did musically. I can't I don't understand. Yeah. This movie was extremely 70s, wasn't it? <laughs> like oh, definitely. shamelessly 70s even as much as the movie we'll be talking about after this like I thought it was equally 70s the guy who plays <laughs> there's the white guy in this John Saxon is that his name? John or... Saxon
1: yeah, yeah John exactly Saxon.
0: Right. I mean apparently they were gonna kill off uh, Williams the, the, the black guy the real tall black guy um, he was supposed to live and then John Saxon's agent was like no I don't know. He's not going to die in this movie. So they just literally just made them switch roles That's
2: so that he would be alive buddy. at
0: the end. They shot this on a super, I mean, super, his, his super low budget. Sen- less his than agent a sounds dollars. like a
2: dick, too, because, like, Saxon turned up thinking he was the star of the film. I mean, <laughs> doesn't that just, again, 70s, doesn't that just sound like some yeah, dirty, it, it weird,
0: fucking weird and deal? G- from the and, 70s? Jim,
1: and Jim Kelly, who's said black actor who's fucking awesome in this movie he's a fighter he's tall he's he's got swagger out the wazoo too yeah john saxon he could have died that would have been totally fine by me but i guess the subplot with the debts that he has because early on they let him know that he has he's basically in this tournament to like live or die because he has a lot of he he can't go back to america Mm. because he has so many debts his life is going to be in jeopardy so he needs to win um and so you know there's that underlining story i I wish they gave jim kelly that storyline that would have been really cool because i like
2: that character better but you know 70s I, I, i'd Apparently, like to uh, bring it around i'll tell you what though the, the cinematography on this um i was really impressed with because there's not a yeah. single shot that's not interesting or aesthetically pleasing in some oh, way yeah like they've thought about this like and some of those shots were complicated for a 70s so, setup like yes especially you, the mirror sequence oh the yeah, mirror all sequence mirror was seasons. the mirror sequence was like the the setup for that is just fucking awe-inspiring like oh, you we i mean we've shot in a room with a mirror Everyone shot in the room with a mirror. It's, it's fucking impossible as it is. And they yeah, went yeah. and put like, you know, a thousand mirrors in this fucking place.
0: Yeah, how did they... Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. In yeah. a way, I wonder if it actually ended up rescuing them. You know, I wonder if they had the mirrors in such a place that it appears impossible, but really it actually made their lives very easy because they had so many I, mirrors. I think it's just two setups
2: and they just shifted, shifted a touch. Like, yeah, honestly, that's what <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one. I, I love yeah. that
0: one. Before they go... The first room that he turns around into with the, the final showdown, before they get into the mirror room, <laughs> there's one shot where he kicks the shit out of what is clearly a dummy. And it, yeah, a yeah, dummy yeah. moves like lightning in front of the camera, yeah. like out of frame. Oh, my God. That made me laugh. And, of course, you're just waiting the whole movie for him to give him that giant Bruce Lee flying kick, the Liu yeah. Kang from Mortal Kombat. The, I mean, you're just waiting mm. for it. He fucking nails that guy. How did those people... He does it twice in the movie where somebody like flies like ten feet in the air. He really kicked the shit out of somebody. There's no way that didn't actually happen.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm curious how many stunt guys got hurt. He's, on this. he's very precise. Well, Jackie Chan copped. Jackie the stick Chan in the did base, get hurt. Yeah. Um Jackie Chan gets hurt all the time though, so you know. Right. Yeah. Um that guy wipes, Chan, him. wipes him. himself out on at least every film. Like, well, let's be real. Me.
0: This thing had a eight fifty budget.
2: Yeah,
1: and it grossed 50K.
0: over forty million dollars
1: yeah. in the '70s. Also, also the soundtrack
0: went gold. <laughs> went soundtrack gold,
1: dude. Sold over five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. I think records. it sold
0: more than whatever Beatles album was out that year.
1: So it's funny. I, so I was yeah. I was watching this, and Chloe came around. And she said, "Is this? Isn't this the music from Halloween?" I think she was saying, and I was like what? She's like, I've heard this music before. And I was like, honestly, you probably heard it from this. And she was like, no, it was definitely in a horror movie. They, and I was like, I bet you it's been ripped off a million times, legally or not. Like, I'm sure it has. It mm-hmm. is. It I is mean, honestly, awesome. rap
0: artists, the hip hop world has taken these beats like crazy. Right. I mean, this shit also, just gets redone all the time.
1: Really interesting about, first of all, there's great cat acting in this. There's a great cat actor, I will say. <laughs> yeah, Good there's, right cat. Right. <laughs> um, oh, there's a,
2: but, It's a literal save the cat moment. Oh yeah! I don't know, yeah, whether, it was, this, I don't know uh, whether this is where the term is invented, but it's a literal save the cat moment, which is a script writing technique when I think you want cat people.
0: The cat well, people was when that came in.
2: <laughs> no, no, no this—I mean—it's an actual script writing technique where you have you have your hero do something nice, or you have someone you want the audience to identify with do something good to make them identify with them. It's it's called the save the cat moment, and this one just thought, you know, fuck it, we're going to do it literally, and have him literally save a cat.
1: It's so good, Dude. and also um, there's um, something else that's really interesting. Is so, so I was looking at. So this is Enter the Dragon, and Bruce Lee also has the film. Um, oh my God, the Way of the Dragon. Bruce Lee was born uh-huh. in the year of the dragon, in the hour wow. of the dragon. In Hong Kong.
0: He's the dragon. He's the old
1: dragon. It's apparently an ominous omen, but it makes total sense. Best Bruce Lee quote of all time. And if you, you need to see the, you need to find this, find the audio clip of him doing this, and this will be stuck in your head forever. This is like his, this is like his quote, and it makes total sense after seeing, or before seeing this film. Empty your mind, become formless and shapeless like water. When water is poured into a cup, it becomes the cup. When water is poured into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Be water, my friends. It's a great Bruce Lee quote. It is too. a great Bruce Lee.
2: Uh, I'll tell you one other line I really dug from the movie, and it was uh, the Williams character when he's, he's being threatened by the the, bo- the like the bad guy on yeah. the island, and they're in the office, and he's just threatening him, and he literally turns around and goes, "Man, you are right out of a comic book!" and then immediately mm-hmm. strikes a fighting pose.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love how and there's and it was, no. Uh, it was just I like, like when I, Bruce Lee says, "I said my line. Now
2: we fight." And Bruce Lee
0: <laughs> says something about the the. Uh, why doesn't somebody take a 45 and bang bang? Yeah, bang bang his ass. He's like, "There's no yeah. weapons allowed on the island." He's like, "Oh, of course. Like, of course. All the right rules." We're only <laughs> <gonna laughs> the fighting with their bands, dude. And
1: Bruce Lee didn't agree with that because he was like, if I was an informant, I would have a weapon. And they would say, but there's no weapons allowed on the island. And apparently Bruce Lee and the producers got an argument about it and the producers won. So honestly, kudos to the producers because I think that makes it better. Mm. I do. And another thing to remind our friends listening who may be watching, I hope you plan on watching this movie or any, any Bruce Lee movie, but definitely this one is um, uh, blanked. Just blanked. I just lost it. Wait, he, um, okay, it's about a tournament. Then they go, but most of the fighting is not in the tournament. Most of it is when he's sneaking out at night. Also, part of the best action sequences are him just creeping around, making literally zero sound. He climbs a rope and jumps over a fence and lands, and he's hiding behind guards, and he's not making any sound. And I know there's no there's no actual, like, audio use from the film, but you can, yeah. you can see him. He's not the, making the any Foley sound. The Foley
2: artist was underpaid.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. But anyway, anyway, it's just really cool. A lot of the fighting is "quote unquote" real scenario, life scenario, and it's it, his swagger.
2: Like he he was ready to be a rock star. Also, when you when you do get to the uh, the tournament, it's the '70s, dude. Like as kicking kicking a man in the pills is apparently still a legal move. <laughs>
0: so much, so many dick shots, right? So yeah, so many hits in the nuts. What? I mean, all over the place. I mean, that was that was awesome, dude, for the I know they have very different situations over there, probably still still to this day. I don't know what their union situation was like when they were casting extras, those massive shots of everyone training. And then at the end, when everyone Mm. was fighting like each other, like, how do you fucking do that? Did they just tell just go for it? (laughs)
2: Right. <laughs> when I hit action. Well, the, just start yeah, kicking
0: the shit out of each I other. Think,
2: I think they might have it because there was a couple of times when they were just a little bit under directed. Like they're walking through after they right. won the fight, and there's just you know three three guys in black uniforms pushing one guy with white uniform around between each right. other, like they're passing a fucking hot potato. They, they,
3: probably
2: just, they probably just traded uniforms too. You know that some of these people died, and then they were in the next scene as a quote
1: unquote different character. Like let's be real. Also, the, the
0: only thing what that was the uh, that was the only thing I will say, just movie wise. Plot-wise, I didn't quite understand the connection of how the Shaolin Temple got there.
1: I think they just wanted to make it seem like he was disgracing it. There's no reason for it other than that. Well, I know
0: that that, there was that line where that guy said, whoever the the British intelligence guy was, he made a comment that Bruce Lee said, and you will come when I contact you on the radio. And he said, someone will come. So he did say that, that someone will come. But I, I feel like there could have been just a tiny little moment just to let us see that... That old sensei or whatever, the, the leader right. of the Shaolin Temple, like, give the order, like, right. go, like, go get them. Because
2: no, they, 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 yeah. they just did a
1: voiceover instead of this weird, like. One,
2: one, well, one of the things I i had a, a side problem with is like all the bar rats that they picked up from like the shore um, yeah. that they had locked up in the cages downstairs. How, why did they all know martial arts? <laughs>
1: and they were not complaining about getting out they're like no we've resigned ourselves we're we're opium testers yeah. and then as soon as they get released they're like fuck yeah finally
2: it's
0: like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, like Rustle Rustle rucka- I'm going to
2: fight <laughs> if nothing else think,
0: i'm very i'm thankful that yeah these movies clearly had an influence you know bruce lee was not the first one to do martial arts movies but he certainly made them more popular so it's the first ho- is the first hollywood produced for, martial arts film yeah, I mean, it paved the way for, yeah, for for range of like Jackie Chan, obviously. To um, you know, Crouching Tiger would never have been greenlit. Right, uh, Hero, Gently. House of Flying Daggers, like
1: daggers. There's fuck. such a
0: beautiful, beautiful world of cinema that has martial arts in it. That comes from right. that area of the world. So anyone who doesn't really right. check out foreign film very much, like there is a, you can always count on. <laughs> everyone knows how to fight. Like that in those movies, everyone has that kind of training, apparently. That's I, yeah. just like part I, of their daily routine. And there's like an people... aesthetic, Dave, to like what you hmm. were saying. There's a beautiful aesthetic to in an, an artistic kind of approach to the way they film these things. It's not just wide shots of people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, there's no, usually yeah. something very appealing artistically about the way it's presented. Mm. Yeah. What were you going to say, <laughs> Dave? You were <have, laughs> about to say something.
2: I can't remember. What, I blanked. Oh, God. We're blanking. <laughs> Go see this movie. I, yeah, I, I did. I it's did like. On, uh... I, I did actually like uh, the actual use the force Luke moment during the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the voiceover, right? Yeah, yeah. He, sa- he suddenly just stares up at the sky and gets a voiceover, and it, it's the it's the literal equivalent of use the force that was like done in Star Wars years later. Yeah. Um. And also, guys... also the, the the guy that killed his sister. Did anyone think he looked kind of like someone melted Chuck Norris? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Um, also, um, what's his Check name? Us? Ohara?
2: Ohara? Uh, something like
1: that? Hmm. Yeah, that but then he gets, he gets a lot just of gets.
0: Stuff. <laughs> also, like, bro, we need this guy to punch through things, bro. Yeah, when
1: when when you haven't landed a punch, like go down, like stop shattering battle <laughs> bottles and trying to kill him. Like you're gonna be dead
0: because he didn't land <laughs> a punch. That moment, dude. Anyway, that yeah, slow yeah. motion, that kick, Bruce that slow Lee, motion, Lee. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No, the you kill. Know, I mean, just the look on oh, his yeah. face and that high squeal. Like, I mean, who? That's had what's cool. It is that. cool that
1: Bruce Lee has the ability to do this, but you can tell that his character's point of view was he didn't want to do any of this. And I think that, you know, yeah. even though you, you kind of don't believe it, at the same time, you appreciate that they're trying. Like to it's a pull off that this character does not want to fight even though he's about to kill a hundred yeah. people.
0: No, Dave Dave <laughs> said it at the beginning. I think yes. it's I don't think it would have been just a cheesy art martial arts movie if they didn't give you that obstacle. But it wouldn't be martial arts, really it would be a didn't...
1: bastardization of martial arts because martial arts yeah. aren't designed to kill. You know what I mean?
0: Hmm. They're yeah. designed to protect. I couldn't stop yeah. thinking about Mortal Kombat. It kind of made me want, yeah. <laughs> want to go back and watch that piece of shit. But uh, I mean, they literally John Saxon is Johnny Cage, right? Like they didn't even they didn't even <laughs> attempt to do something oh different. God. And that, that yeah, big I'm guy Toro Toro, yeah.
2: he's Bo- um, he's Goro, Boro. Boro. Yeah. Bo- Bolo. Bolo sh- I'm pretty sure Liu Kang <laughs> right? sure is literally based on. Like, he is Bruce Lee. literally
0: yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, come on.
2: Um. So anyway. Dave, we got to pick a new year
1: for next week. I hope it's something oh. recent that's on Netflix because I'm tired of renting all these movies, but let's see what happens. <laughs> we only had to all rent right. one this week. Wasn't Enter the well, Dragon I, don't, I don't have HBO on... now yet because I'm pissed off at Why? HBO. That might... Because I have HBO regular. Oh, Dude, no.
0: Can... Dude, it worked. The sign in worked, Wait, bro. The sign in worked? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Google Breaking news, Google, Google your Wait, wait, hold on. For anyone who's listening, because I didn't know this either, I the had to figure man, your it out. On, sign in, or sign in on your phone or or your mo- or whatever your device is, and then if you're watching through some kind of Roku or Apple TV, it will recognize your phone on the same network
3: and it uh, will open it up.
0: Fuck. But you have to use your description on, on a mobile device. That's why I was fuck. confused. Anyway, damn
3: it, so, so. it's on
0: HBO Go Max. So is The Exorcist. I believe. Yes. Fuck.
2: Alright, so next now next year for next week is gonna be... HBO Go, Max. Sorry.
0: Go, Dave. Whatever, <laughs> man. 1995.
2: 1985. Uh, 1985. Alright, oh we're gonna talk God. more about what the hell <laughs> oh happened no. in
1: 1985
0: after a like word this?
1: from our future sponsors that have not invested in our podcast yet. See you soon, film right. fans. <laughs>
2: And we're back. We're back. Back. Oh boy! 1985. There was a smooth, seductive '70s, and we're back there, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh! The film
1: year 1985 is gonna be our year next year. We're talking about Back to the Future, Brazil, Out of Africa won a shit ton of Oscars. You've got the color purple. You've got unfinished business.
2: <laughs> whatever that pick, is we picked none of those and yeah, none we're those. not ron, talking about any of those actually <laughs> my
1: fa- one of my favorite movies that i saw with john at the film forum ron kurosawa's Ooh, last film another amazing. one that would have been Genius. good to talk about for another mm. pod Saint Here, Elmo's we're fire talking about oh all right silverado okay at the end of this segment we are going to announce what we are going to do next week and even though it was terrible we are not going to do a chorus line as our redemption podcast it's, we just
2: we just don't have it in us yeah we no one it. no one should ever be that drunk
1: although we have to admit well we'll say this again next week but the world found out who Daniel Day lewis was this year 1985 the year that a room with the view and my beautiful lingerie came out in new york city on the same day welcome to the world ddl oh. but for right now we are going to finish our 1973 podcast With the Redemption film. Was it really that bad? And our Redemption podcast today is going to be focused on Live and Let Die, which is something you may have forgotten was an actual movie because you know the theme song written by Paul McCartney and his wife, Linda McCartney. One of the best theme songs ever. The first Roger Moore Bond. James, wow, James. James, Sean Connery turned down (laughs) $5.5 million, which is equivalent to about $30 million today. (laughs) <laughs> because he was tired of it. It would have been a seventh one. He didn't want to do it anymore, even for $30 million. I don't know about you. I think it would have taken him to $30 million and bought a villa in Italy, but it's just me. Guys, we have Jack Lemon, Jack Nicholson, Robert Redford, Marlon Brando, Al Pacino. We've got people making movies.
0: Oh, I was like, <laughs> what's what is going on with movie. this?
1: So Live and Let Die comes out, and it's like, wait, but we have Roger Moore, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to throw him in Harlem. This is our, yeah. And then maybe a little bit New Orleans. Let's see if people still think this is the same Bond.
3: Yes. <laughs> this right. movie, come on. Tell me, tell me this movie is, is not
1: Monty Python does Bond. This movie I'm, is Monty yeah. Python does yeah. Bond. Bison
0: for that. Yeah, let's lean into it right now. This is my favorite Bond music introduction with the opening sequence. I think it's my yes. favorite one, and it's my least favorite Bond movie that I've ever seen. you me for that. I, uh, all right, let's just can we just get it out in the open at the beginning here. Let me drink real fast. No,
1: that's not James a preemptive Bond, drink. Bond. You still have to drink when you get buzzed. No, no, he drank. Ja- he drank. He I buzz. just drink.
0: James Bond movies okay. are tough to watch nowadays. Like they always Dude, made no, me a little no, uncomfortable. Need, come
1: on, we don't we don't need the hate. No, now, no, no, right? no fuck you. We have
0: now. got to acknowledge that. How many times it's, did it's he a walk a up behind fest. a woman? <laughs> he walked up behind every woman that's in that movie, put his hands on her, turned her around, and like kissed her like it, so oh, was a little bit don't forget of like, don't forget the reassuring well. pat on the butt well.
2: on the boat like yeah you've yep. done a good job yep so yeah
0: we can we can move past that that but turned my like, stomach weird. a little bit
2: but yeah so it's a little just, weird just there's there's a just, warning
0: <laughs> yeah just knowing that it was roger moore too like they didn't handle it very delicately the first time they were handing over it to a new actor so it wasn't like you were used to this guy that particular human being like acting like that you know he's james bond but i don't know um I just didn't I thought it was really devicey. I thought that they were I appreciated that they I liked the villains turn. Like I kind of liked how they were operating in multiple places on planet Earth. I liked that it all really just boiled down to drugs and money in a more like, you know logistical approach to it wasn't about the voodoo it wasn't about the magic like i was glad that they kind of dropped that about halfway through so that it was more about how this businessman was making it happen but i don't know i just didn't uh you know it it was so formulaic in
2: the original original book it wasn't heroin it was gold he was going to flood the market with gold and they changed like a, the heroin. To change
0: it to, like, a resource economy? To, like, try to yeah. turn it into a resource well, and then, economy? Yeah, and, then,
2: and then in
1: Enter the Dragon, it's opium. So what is up with drugs going on in 1973? What's, what's is,
0: that, is that it's when the, the 70s, war on drugs bro. started? It's the 70s. No, like, the
1: war on drugs. Well, yeah, it was Nixon. You're right. It was. And then...
0: And then then Nancy Reagan took it up yeah, a notch. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Can anyway. you guys tell me, are, are, yeah. are either of you huge Bond connoisseurs? I...
1: I thought I was, to be honest with you. I, because I've watched I, a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them, too.
0: Okay, so to I, answer, tell me this then, because I am i watched my fair share of James Bond growing up whenever the marathons came on. Uh, I've probably seen Roger Moore way less than I've seen um, the, the other main ones, Pierce, Sean, yeah. or Daniel. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the fourth or fifth guy. Who are the other two? No, Lazy, Lazy only did one movie. Yeah, he only, did, he only, one only did one movie
2: and it's good it's a pretty good movie um In His Majesty's, okay. Majesty's Service I think
0: In His Majesty's Secret Service yeah yeah, yeah. um are most that, and of that's, the that's the
2: one that was shot by another studio wasn't it
0: yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it, was it, it was a giant
2: so, it was not a bro- you, yeah. it's the only non-broccoli film yeah.
0: so are most so are most of the Bond movies the same movie <laughs>
1: Come on! I've no, said no, this no, about they're... Mission Impossible. And you guys gave me so much shit. I was like, Mission Impossible is Bond, but American, and you guys gave me so much shit about it. And here we are. I didn't. It's not the same one. The reason this one's <laughs> yet, different is because there's and nobody still Russian, and nobody German.
2: I'm sorry, you no, said you that. Know what I mean. you still voted it through. No, you know what I mean. Like, You're right? For... And, it, and it deserved. Yeah, it. It came yeah. And no,
0: I thought we, but we defended you, and then you agreed, and you, you, you got on board. It subverted a lot of those formulaic like cliches. Is this? Are we? No, this are we in argument right now? I can't tell. Is this what? Are we in is an argument f- right now? I can't even tell. <laughs> no, wait. We're, we're always a little bit in an argument, but I can't find, I, I can't tell if the formula, because I, I can't, I was trying to remember the last time I had watched one of the Sean Connerys, because obviously if this came like right after it, did the latter Sean Connerys or the initial Sean Connerys, were they all the exact same formula? Bond is existing somewhere. Really the exposition of him of or somebody coming to him, telling him to do something. He gets involved in a skirmish and then gets wrapped up into it. He meets the girl.
2: Yeah. And there's you uh, and like I mean they they're known as Bond girls for a reason. They usually start on the villain's side and come across to his side. It's yeah. it's entirely formulaic every single time. It's the same thing. Except so why the- this one, There's no so what- M. This is the only movie that M didn't
1: appear in. Or Q, sorry, Q. And it's yeah. just so annoying because he only gets one gadget, which is this watch.
2: Give him some fucking gadgets. Come on. Yeah, they just yeah i mean i don't know what the decision the, was and yet the, the villains had plenty of yeah. them like almost every fucking funny, prop in this movie had a microphone a camera or a gun in it
1: yeah those fucking voodoo things also i'm <laughs> pissed off at the stunts in this the stunts were trash which is funny because you have boat crashes you have plane crashes and then you have like this little voodoo doll that like shoots a girl and then later you see her like lying dead and you're like she, she's running so there's a girl who's running. So picture a girl running, and then all of a sudden you see a little voodoo doll head that like shoots a gun, and then you just see a girl on the floor. Fucking it's like dead, I could dead. have made that in my. If I could not. have. I could have made that in my like college dorm room. Like, how did that
3: happen? Immediately. No, seriously.
1: But then this. But then this movie has like a plane sequence where cars and planes and, and a boat that goes on land. How many times did a boat just hop land? Man, it just literally went from like the from like yep. the lake to the ravine over. <laughs> <laughs> went through a wedding ceremony so apparently they really wanted to incorporate humor into this movie I don't know why they failed but like they really wanted to put something funny into this movie and you know what's not very funny is a bumbling idiotic James Bond who's out of place <laughs> that's how the movie started. No, some of it's good, and some of it he's suave. But he like he's getting totally played by this Harlem Mm. crew. Also, you could tell. I mean, yeah, there's like is the first Bond like interracial kiss. There's a lot for like non-white casting in this. Apparently, you know the the even though they were on the quote-unquote villain side with Bond, it's never quite so simple. Like nobody's ever pure evil or pure good. So there's a lot of Complex characters, um, a very diverse cast is is really really interesting that way. Lowercase but then they make...
0: C's. <laughs> <I'll>
1: lowercase these <that. laughs> Yeah, but then they but then they make they make these jokes where they're like, "Gee, I really like your disguise," and Bond's like, "What disguise?" And he, they're like you're wearing a white face in Harlem and it's like, really, this is where bond is going right now. It really feels like an SNL sketch. It's like James Bond is poor in Harlem. And it's like him like bumbling around in Harlem with this, with this crew. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. it, it was really strange. Now, some of the action sequences are really cool. Bond is bond, but it's missing a lot of the stuff. It's, it's, It's missing a lot of the stuff. Now, Roger Moore did make Moonraker. He made Octopussy. Yeah, I've Um, seen those. He has great sidekicks like Jaws or... Uh, Mr. Larson, as I know him from um, Happy Gilmore, like, this I is believe great. that belongs to
3: Mr. Gilmore.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it's one of my favorite things. And I'll see you. <laughs> and you can in the park. And you lot. can count on me. seeing you in the parking lot. Yeah, Mr. Larson. <laughs> that that oh. yell when he takes. And anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not even in this movie. Um, okay, I don't want to hate on this. I don't want to see. I don't want to be sad. This is this movie is funny bad. I'll put it that way. This movie's funny bad. Bond is getting tailed by people that are smarter than him. You don't see that very often. Also, apparently, Bonds the entire MI6 is like one friend of Bonds who's never concerned. There's he literally has lines like, "Gee, where's our friend?" And I was like, "I don't know. His life is in your hand, motherfucker. Like this is a spy. <laughs> this is a spy who is beyond enemy lines. He is he is inside is inside enemy lines. And they're like, "Gee, I, I thought our friend would have scuba dived out by now. What's what's happening here?" And it's like. Figure it out. That's your job. Your job is to keep people alive. <laughs> this is my, best, also, this
0: is my of- best this is my best analogy. Live and let die is the la Croix of James Bond movies. <laughs> la <Croix is>
3: the quiet
0: though. <laughs> it's like you say Croix? I know you I Croix. know I yeah, know. Yeah, that's
2: all- <laughs> that's some shit you need a face mask for.
0: <laughs> I know all the elements are there and cuz I know what you mean Jeff like there's some comedic there's like a comedic tone to it. And I know that there was a little bit of campiness in the old Connery versions. I'm not saying they were like super grounded in drama or anything like that, but this one took itself even less seriously, which I couldn't quite tell if that made me feel like it was a little offensive to the cultures that it was... Yeah. Dealing with you see oh, yeah. you
1: see his you see his apartment and he's a bad host he like has the shitty espresso <laughs> machine and you're sitting there and you're like this is James fucking butt and he's like hey look what I can do <laughs> also that he puts
2: the espresso he, comes out, he's like oh! he put what the milk in the coffee and then frothed it can we quote he Happy Gilmore yeah smart. This,
1: this, 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 this yeah this yeah oh, wait okay there here's a here's a sequence that he goes full Pepe Le Pew at one point okay so he he <laughs> arrives in this. they go to this okay think about the stakes most of these Bond movies it's like Russian warheads like Civil War era Bond has to stop um, the the, the Cold War from becoming a hot war and saving humanity this they go to a fictional land that's basically Jamaica but they don't call it Jamaica because they had apparently already used Jamaica but they wanted to basically use the same like stereotypes of what they what these very white writers were writing of Jamaican people so they made it like San Marco I forget what the name of the island was San Monique San Lucia San San Manisquan Manisquan, Sand something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. They end up in New Orleans. (laughs) And they didn't even do New Orleans. If you're gonna do New Orleans, do New Orleans. Don't just give me one jazz band who actually everybody is just a, a a patsy for this fucking group that's like carrying a dead body around. Like, get, get, let me see New Orleans. We were in New Orleans just to play like 30 seconds of like a fucking like like
3: yeah. Cut. One, and then it was we, one. Then
1: get the fuck out of here. Let's go to New Orleans. Do this. Do James Bond in New Orleans. Don't cop out, you motherfuckers. Anyway, so he, he's like he's like with this woman. <laughs> first bond interracial kiss Kiss. I guess they probably patted themselves in the back thinking they were such trailblazers for that innovators and then he pulls a gun on her right away because she might be a spy <laughs> and she goes it's awful, not my dude. fault yeah. and he goes full fucking Pepe Le Pew because he's like saying her he's like oh darling oh darling and, and they've known each other for 12 hours he's already like seduced she's like how could you do that to me and then turn on me and it's like come on it's been 12 hours you do not have a love story and then she just runs away she just escapes from him and then he instead of like firing the gun this is what he does <laughs> he stands up and stares out into the distance and goes Rosie and then he starts running after her it's like fucking Chevy Chase meets Pepe LePew, and this is a Bond movie it's trash it's terrible trash and then she does what I said before which is she dies off camera and it's like get the fuck out of here with this bullshit like come on just give me some boat sequences and cut it into like a 10 minute reel and say we had money and we filmed this it was fun here's Roger Moore roll Paul McCartney that's what this movie probably
0: should have been no I, I agree <laughs> dave what do you think
2: <laughs> yeah that line that line bothered me all right i i mean i i made a few <laughs> observations um like it starts off with with an agent being killed by the um oh yeah we didn't talk about baron, that, yeah. the baron samiti character um and he kills him by basically threatening him with a fucking rubber snake and Holds it in his face thing. and goes, ah. And the, like, and the guy reacts and, like, you look at his cheek and there's no marks there. I'm like, how fucking sharp were the snake's teeth? It didn't even leave a mark. And this yeah. guy's like, ah, dead. Get like another five take, you guys.
0: What are you doing? Yeah. Take one
2: more. I did. I, I did, I did. The thing I do love about 70s movies is they, like, when you went somewhere, you had to go to that location. You couldn't fake it. So, like, right. when they go to New York and he's driving, it's like, driver picks him up from the airport and they're driving and then his driver is immediately assassinated mm-hmm. while driving the car and they're <laughs> yeah. smashing are these swerving he's smashing up other cars and i was like wow the drive down the fdr hasn't really changed has it That's changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but at least and that we- was bond like buzz yourself for that
1: you motherfucker ripping <laughs> on you <laughs> <laughs> but 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 At least that was Bond esque. What wasn't Bond esque was. was check the medallion of your cab. He ends up in like 10 medal 10 cabs that are all compromised. And it's really, like, yes. you oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! I <laughs> love how he,
0: when he wrecks that car, I yeah. mean, that is a brutal car. He has yeah. no seatbelt on, he's steering from the back seat yeah, right. and it cuts to him and he's just standing completely <laughs> <That's>, scratchless. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, he's fine. Totally okay. fine. And then, and then, yeah. So, yeah.
2: Some of my favorite though was like he turns up at his hotel. After going through all this like I'd be immediately suspicious Like a lot of people around me have died And he's turned up at his hotel And they're like Mrs. Bond's already checked in And he's like Oh Mrs. Bond and they're like Yeah So he goes up to his hotel room What's the first thing he does? I'm gonna take a bath
1: Yeah what the fuck he Is he doing in in this He
2: fucking bath, bath? He has
1: not even, even like Check the corners He hasn't scanned the room Like nothing He's immediately like
2: Gonna which, put himself which in then, a vulnerable Which bath. then leads to <laughs> And way to get a load of this Leads to Fucking trained assassin snakes <laughs> Assassin's Snake. Assassin I know. His, Assassin's Snake. That was
0: cool how he handled that snake. I mean,
2: I don't know you guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Guys, I, yeah mean, it's
0: a- I think I'm also just after us praising Mission Impossible so hard. I, I hadn't seen any of the Bond since we watched all those Mission Impossibles, and I think it just kind of made me think back to everything we were saying that was why we love the Mission Impossible so much. I feel like until Daniel Craig, until these reboots, they didn't even try to make you care about Bond as a human being. It was Mm. just the fun, which is fine. Like, I'm totally down for having fun. But again, this one felt like it was starting to trespass into an uncomfortable place just because if you're going to try to introduce the first black Bond girl and have an interracial kiss and having the whole villain and the society around them be mostly in black islands or a black neighborhood in New Orleans or New York, and you have this tone and this style, it, it felt a little offensive to me.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You know fair. what it was like? I'm not it was like egg- gl- it, was, was, that was, it was like yeah. um, it was like it was like gold member, where it's like Foxy Cleopatra, and it's like this like yes. But but it's like they it's like they put Foxy Cleopatra in a legitimate Bond movie that wasn't. I was gonna say
0: yeah. I feel like Foxy Cleopatra was handled with more respect than anybody in this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, I just want to bring it up. How the fuck is he smoking a cigar on a hang glider? <laughs> Um, Why I
0: mean, is he trying to be incognito and he's in hang gliding? He's hang gliding. He's like trying to be. The covert hang gliding
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, how the no, fuck is this? I he wrote down, down, that is one ever. of
1: the worst kills in movie history is him kicking <laughs> the guy from the hang glider. He's, <laughs> like, he kicks him. It looks like a dummy. It looks like they're using a puppet and, he, and he's oh hang gliding towards this guy. It's like, and then it goes he and he lands, like kind of. That it's thing like,
0: is like 16 feet wide when he finally lands like right in front of the entrance to uh-huh. the lair. Like nobody, so there was only one guard nobody watching bullshit, dude. Nobody saw dude. it. And that is the longest cigar but, that I mean, has it,
2: ever been smoked before. Yeah, it's obviously, <laughs> like, obviously the guards are on break or something because he he comes down, he flies in, he jumps off, he gets back in his suit, and he sneaks into the stronghold, and he's like, all right, I've just struck, snuck into the enemy stronghold. I'm going to take a break and bang Jane Seymour. <laughs> Yeah, yep. why is he, he's banging all these people? Okay, the lovers line when they, when so she's a voodoo person who
1: like reads these weird tarot card things, and like James Bond is finally he finally gets up to to Jane Seymour, who's like working for the enemy here, and she's like their voodoo reader because her mom was or whatever, and then she they're like he like tries to seduce her and then he's like well maybe we should pull our card and he pulls it and it's like the lovers <laughs> and he's like you already knew this was the card didn't you though and then they start like making out and then you find out that all the cards are the lovers and then they have sex and it's like this is the dumbest fucking way of of, of getting laid I've ever seen on <laughs> and so it's funny like, because let's be real he is kind of smooth like under a different circumstance you can see this guy being smooth and and grabbing well, that's why i'm not faulting whatever, but that's like, why i'm
0: not i'm not faulting roger moore i didn't really mind roger moore right. like he, uh, roger didn't hmm. he didn't choose I to be a terrible house guest he didn't choose to have that terrible way to get her to sleep with him like he didn't choose any of this so yeah, i don't right. blame roger moore i like moonraker i like I mean, that this whole I like yeah that moonraker's
2: cool this whole thing is guns. a film that just didn't summer. know what it was. Like, it started off yeah. as kind of a Bond film and then somehow turns into the last 30 minutes of the Blues Brothers on water.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. And the climbing over crocodiles and shit.
2: Dave, mm. do you think
1: they, like, wrote the script for Sean Connery and then when they cast Roger Moore, they went, oh, no, and they tried to, like, make all these changes quick. Like, what, what do you think happened? Like, it I'd, had
2: to have been lost in translation or something, right? I'm, I don't think so I think this was the movie they they set out to make I wow <laughs> yeah I, and the crocodiles I mean, good, the crocodiles good, good for terrible. them you go Glenn Coco really? <laughs> an extra actually had to get like a
1: hundred stitches because he actually did the legitimate stunt over the crocodiles was it really worth it that was the like, guy
2: that no that was the guy that owned the alligator farm
1: yeah who happened to be the stunt double for yeah, yeah. And, they anyway, named the main, dress, and the dress and they unzipping na- and the and they named
2: the main villain after him
1: for that Right, which is cool. Now, the the dress unzipping with the one fucking gadget that he had, which is this yeah. magnetic watch, one gadget that he had. Even the hang glider wasn't a gadget. Like, come on. So the one gadget he had, he can unzip a dress with it, which is the only real cool thing he did with it the whole movie. I know it became functional later, but I, I was already falling asleep by that point. Yeah. Um, the best part about the movie is that a shrimp roll was only 50 cents. That was really cool in the restaurant. You could see up the board of all the prices that they go to, and uh, the prices looked really great yeah i got um, pretty hungry the thing a, i think the thing that points. bugged me
2: the most about this was like they had a great idea for the soundtrack let's write the most amazing theme song ever and then just use it damn and again, and it what would they have done without it what would
0: this movie have been without that without that song used oh my god a hundred times
1: <laughs> and the director didn't want to use mccartney's version because he thought yeah. that so a girl sings it at a at a bar later um and he likes her version better than McCartney's. And McCartney said, "I'm pulling the song if you don't let me sing it in the opening credits." And so they said, "Fine." <laughs> but the, the director almost didn't let McCartney use the song. Yeah. They almost walked. I they mean, he wrote that's, the song, and then they almost walked.
2: If that's not a sign that your director's not in his right fucking mind, then what is? Her version. Her version is really cool. I did.
0: I did. Her version. I did, kinda, I did awesome. like that. Yeah, I also, did really like yeah. that version.
1: Anyway. But Anything else we want to say about this? Like, because nobody's going to see this after seeing this podcast. Yeah, no, nothing really, positive. Yeah. There's
0: nothing They probably nothing, shouldn't anyway. It's dated. So, yeah, just, don't watch this um, movie. Yeah, so, There's another
1: good Roger Moore. Just the Bond start, series. Stop start with dating. Four dollars. Four dollars. I'll start never see it again.
0: four <laughs> I feel like there's like five
1: movies. The Lazenby one's not bad. I feel like um, GoldenEye's worth a watch for Pierce, but then the, the other three you could skip. Yeah, they get a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's it. Anyway.
1: <laughs> i think that i think that's all we got we don't need to overdo this one here yeah um don't see this one if, if you're watching a bond marathon take a pee break for about two hours when this one's we, on we tried to redeem it this is the one you sleep through the marathon mm-hmm. yeah. i feel like in the marathon i always got the same ones i would always turn it on and it was always the spy who loved me or you only live twice or you only die twice or whatever that one is called. With the golden gun. Like, gun yeah like i the never classics. saw that one on the rewatch i had to like find that one but whenever i was doing the rewatch it was always the same ones really anyway mm doesn't matter I, I i grew up with pierce brosnan i saw all of the pierce Brosnans so, in the theaters of course next week he he was so great anyway okay let's go to next, next week, week. it's fucking
0: done with it let's fucking move on yeah. let's get out of that shit <laughs> oh next and
1: everybody in our fucking if everybody in our franchise thing that gave a shit for not putting bond on there now you fucking know why All right, right everybody now you know why it's a it is a great <laughs> franchise it's not a good franchise i don't know how else to stray it all right it's great there's 40 films there's a lot of there's like a lot of clunkers Dave, live and saying? let die is, live and let
0: die is to James Bond as is it nemesis is to Star Trek oh yes <laughs> it is, is that, that motherfucker that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay All right. sorry Dave 1985 dude let's do it
1: 1985 I didn't write down the movies we're doing so it's up to you Dave we're doing
2: Witness Witness Harrison, Harrison, Ford. Witness.
0: Harrison yes. Ford Peter Weir
2: and uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman ooh
3: mm. ooh
2: Raul, you said you said like, like like Hernd. we didn't discuss it for twenty minutes during the break. That was well done, guys. I did forget. I've forgotten. And what's that? And really excited to see we're that gonna one? redeem it because it had a score of was it thirty six on Rotten Tomatoes? Thirty eight. Even yeah. though I really didn't want to do this, yeah.
0: but National we talked Thirty
2: six, Dave. You're right. Thirty six. National Lampoon's European Vacation. Yeah, European Vacation. That's Hi, right. me and my parents are me
1: and my family are looking for sex. <laughs> It's <laughs> a, it's a line. It's a quote. Yeah, it is. Germany.
2: And me, me, I like my. When my dad was at my wedding last year, I actually did almost the entire "Daddy's Gonna Porker" scene from <laughs> in a restaurant yeah. that we went out. Oh, to Oh,
0: you shared, you shared with, you shared that. I'm us. very excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: excited about European vacation. I don't care
1: what you say. It's gonna be fun. I am no, I'm, I'm Excited to laugh. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. You guys are the best. Boom, movies.
0: Whoever
3: yeah. You are.